welcome to episode two of Looking Over the Fence with me, Paul Ratchford. And me, Mitch. Hello, Mitch. How are you doing? Mate, I'm uh, I'm living the dream, as always. How do you feel about last week? I feel absolutely fantastic. I really like, I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, we, we definitely um, had a little bit of a disagreement, and then we agreed on nationalising the energy companies, which is brilliant, which we, we, we got, we, we agreed on, which is nice. Um, the second big elephant was the NHS, privatise or keep it as its nationalised system, the National Health Service, which I was very much in favour of keeping the greatest socialist achievement of the 21st century um, intact, whereas you were thinking due to wait times and things like that. Um, I was close to agreeing with you about privatising, but I had an experience where I broke a wrist and I went into A&E and I was in and out in two and a half hours with an x-ray and a new cast cast on my wrist ready to indulge in the government's delightful sick pay package of £90 per week. (laughs) That drives me crazy as it is. Um, So I'm a bit annoyed that I can't work. But the NHS was awesome. Service, fantastic. Didn't actually see a doctor. It's like I say, they're all about nurse practitioners now. Um, I think that's cost budgeting. I think doctors are too expensive for them. Um, so I didn't actually see a doctor. Um, so that was a bit weird. But I still think that I went in there. I didn't pay a single penny. I was in and out in two and a half hours. And I'm fine. But I do pay a penny, obviously, in this tax and national insurance, which I think is actually an interesting thing to start. I think you've got something to say, haven't you? Yeah, obviously, Kowazi's introduced his mini budget, hasn't he? Um, and that includes um, a cut on of 1.25% on our national insurance. Everybody... Round of applause! Fantastic. How much is that? How much is that saving us each oh, year, Mitch? Pence, isn't it? <laughs> it's not actually pence, isn't it? But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's three hundred and fifty pound a year, give or take. Um, it's uh, it's pen- it is pence, my friend. If you divide three hundred and fifty by twelve, what you're looking at thirty thirty pound a month extra. Yeah, yeah, something else, isn't it? Um, he's obviously introduced a couple more things that i'd like to get your opinion on um i'll hit you with the things that i like or an, an inch and at an initial glance i like okay um stamp duty cut <clears throat> i think I, li- I like it on an initial glance um thinking you know if you're a, a first time buyer you don't have to pay it um if you you want to get on the property ladder or you may have you may have been on the property ladder, struggled through COVID, um, had to start renting, and you want to get back onto the property ladder, that stamp duty cut might help you out. Um, bring forward a cut in the income tax from 20 to 19%. I like that. Um, and I also like the, well, it's not really a business tax cut, it's axing the business tax rise. I really like that for small small businesses. Um, they're the three points that I think I like on the initial thoughts. Um, just want to get your view on it, if, if that's all right. Okay, initial thoughts for me. Um, blah, 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 let's go with this. Let's go with this. Initial stamp duty. 
you don't need to have stamp duty if you're a first time buyer you don't pay stamp duty uh, up to the price of 250,000 you don't pay stamp duty but now what they've done is okay. they've made it 400,000 so unless there's a little bunch of millionaire rich sod kids running around trying to buy houses <laughs> it don't really help any of the working class at all so my opinion on that stamp duty is shove it up your ass it's going to help the rich it's not going to help the middle class or the lower class or anyone trying to get on the property ladder as nothing changes. Um, you said about the people that wanted to, that lost their houses during COVID or uh, how it is and they want to get back on the property ladder. Mm-hmm. Now, due to the fact that price of houses is through the roof, I don't believe, and the wages haven't moved, don't believe that they're going to be able to do that, even with the help of the stamp duty. It, it will, actually. Sorry, it will help them out, which I like because they've been first-time buyers before, so they don't have to pay stamp duty again, which means they don't have to do it now. But all I'm hearing when that budget is is the rich people walking down the street thinking, for ching 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 ching, I have 14 mortgages now. I could have 16 more, saving myself so much money each year. Whereas people like me and you, Mitch, who are our first-time buyers, we're on our mortgages, we've got decent, well, okay incomes, and you know. It's not really going to help us, Mitch, is it? And it's not going to help the people who are trying to get on the property ladder because they're still in the same situation. Unless they want to buy a half a million pound house, which I, they're still in the same situation because they can't even afford a house at that. Mm-hmm. Small businesses. Sorry if I'm going on a tangent, Mitch. If you'd like to let's say, so how do you, so how do you, so, so how do you feel about the um, the taxes? Let's say from from the. Uh, the uh, the stamp duty. How do you feel about that? I mean, do you, you know? Do you feel that it's um, it, it's not going to help? Um, it's a weird. Obviously, there's there's people in different situations and that, that might benefit from it. Um, I, you know, I, I think to be honest, I, I actually agree with you with what you're saying. Um, that it is going to help people who are basically going to doing the battle acts. Um, not not necessarily in need of having to save on stamp duty, um, but saving on it anyway. Um, yeah, I, t- I think I agree with you. On the business tax cuts, it's basically stopping the rise to 25%. It's keeping it at 19 um, which is the lowest rate of corporation tax in the G20. Um, they're saying by reversing it, it's going to put nineteen billion pounds a year back into the economy. <laughs> He's hoping that it'll be in reinvesting, creating jobs, raising wages. However, I have a feeling that for the bigger companies, it's going to be a case of paying dividends. Um, but still, for small for small businesses, you know your local butchers, um, you know your, your small convenience stores you know they're going to benefit from that hugely yeah they're going to benefit and because sorry sorry because they want to grow they will reinvest that money into the staff and things whereas the big boys who are already growing too big could not give a shit about their workers or their reinvesting they've got something that's making them a lot of money and now they've just been given a lot more money what would you do if you were in their thing would you be like well we didn't really need this but this is brilliant I think I'm going to pay the shareholders more money or I'm going to pay the boss more money or I'm going to pay myself more money. Why would I invest more money in something that I know is already making me money? Idiots, man. It's just there, mate, these Tories, these Tories are just, um, I'm out. I'm outstanding. They need to be ousted because, 
I think, I believe, if there is an unelected official in power, is that not a dictatorship? Well, yeah, I mean, technically they are, technically they are elected. Um, however, I, I do agree with you. As a, as a country, we voted on a prime minister, and that prime minister is no longer in charge. What happened then is party members have voted on a replacement. I would like... You see, we've had that many prime ministers now start a job and quit. That if we were to do a general election every time, it'd just be absolute. It'd be chaos. It'd be absolute chaos. It's because the Tory party don't know their arsehole from their ear hole, mate. But then again, neither does the Labour party. I mean, I don't even know what they're doing. That would be my point, mate. Is it? Yeah. So I mean, what's what's the alternative? This is, yeah, this is it. This is where we're getting to. We're where we want to meet in the middle. Me and you, Mitch, we need to find a solution in the middle. And if any of our listeners want to make a comment and let us know what they think would be a solution to this red and blue situation that we've got that doesn't need to be there, it needs to be changed. I don't know. Democracy works, but there is doesn't work. I don't know. Does it work? But there's nothing better. But I'll tell you what. We're just going to crack on with our lovely little debate and see how we get on. I'm going to bring up a lovely thing for you to talk about, Mitch. If you're finished, are you finished with Quasi? Or did you want to mention something else before we moved on? Yeah, I mean, the other thing was just the, the bankers' bonuses, mate. I think it's had a lot of coverage. Whoa! I thought we were going to get through this. I thought we were going to get through this being calm. And, and now you've just pissed me off. That was the biggest thing that pissed me off the most. Fucking rich, get rich. Yeah, see... From a first glance, I, I sort of, I can see it because I think when they did put a cap on the bankers' bonuses, I was like, oh, well, they're just going to raise wages. It doesn't really matter what they do. Um, and obviously, if that's the case, then what was the point in the, 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 the cap on bonuses anyway? Um, it's just to make foreign banks. It's make it's to make foreign banks invest in the UK, one of the financial capitals of the world, better than Frankfurt, better than New York, better than Brussels. We're the UK. We don't let you cap your bonuses on your bankers. So send your bankers over here to do their thing. Just helping the rich, my friend. It's helping the rich. It's exactly why they're not going to win again in 2024. They're not going to win. And then I'm just terrified that they've plunged the country into complete debt, massive amounts, and then letting Labour take it over. And I don't even know what... I mean, Labour are renowned for spending. You know, they, they love to spend. Mm. And the Tories have spent it before the Labour are going to get in. So I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I'm worried about a whole role reversal here between, like... The Tories always been resound for balancing the books, you know, making the the you know the GDP versus the, the gross domestic product versus the, the 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 debt the deficit, even, you know, and the Labour have always been a screw that we're going to mm. just borrow 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 and build and build and build and give 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 which we all love, but then I'm going to be thinking when Labour get in because they're getting <laughs> in for sure they're getting in, um. What's going to happen? It's it's we, we it's, it's a conversation for another time. For yeah, sure. but I mean, if you want to just give me what you think is going to happen, what, what do you sure, think is going to happen? Sure. Mate? I mean, if you if you if you were to go on to it, I mean, would you just just at a glance so that we can look oh. back at this in two years' time and think, shit, fair play. I've absolutely 
no idea brilliant Mitch I always love an opinion don't I it was, it, when the show's about opinions and not sitting on the fence you've just literally plonked yourself if I well I'll tell you what then I'll, let me climb off the, let me climb off the fence then I think Labour don't necessarily have to beat mm-hmm. the Tory party they just have to not lose as bad the problem is when you think of you know, more well-known politicians, you know, that if you were to think of a politician, um, your first thought would not be Keir Starmer. No, I mean, he's a lawyer who defended a nonce. So I can't really, you know, have a prime minister who he's, defended a nonce. I mean, he did his job, but he still defended a nonce. What kind yeah, of integrity does that have? My I mean, point oh, is... Oh, oh, this world we live in, Mitch! My point is... Jesus! What Labour politicians... Well, if somebody was to say to you, like, if, if, I mean, if somebody was to go out and ask 100 people, can you name a politician, how many would name a, a Labour politician? They wouldn't know that many, would they? I mean, they wouldn't be because, this because the tabloids love. Yeah, but my point is that Labour just needs to not lose as bad. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see that happening. So I think if we were to have a general election, I think the Tories would come in again. I think we'd have another Tory Fuck government. off, Mitchell. <laughs> Don't let me cry myself to sleep tonight. I keep saying I'm going to cry myself to sleep. There can't be another Tory government. There just can't be. Look, 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 look. Yeah. I, I, you, right, there we go. We'll leave it on that. You're off the fence. You came off the fence. You said the Tories are going to get in. Which, if, if this fucking gamble that they've taken with this mini-budget works, and this does grow the economy and the country does prosper, but it's not the people aren't going to vote for them. You know, I said, I think the people have had enough of austerity mm. and I think about enough, but now they've stopped being austerious and started spending. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Something's going on. Blah, blah, blah. We can go into it later. Next thing I want to talk to you about, my friend. Yeah. Monarchy. That's the debate we're going to go into for the next few minutes. See how far we get into it. Um, monarchy, as you are mm. all aware that, Queen Elizabeth passed away after 70 years on the throne. Um, and now it brings us to the question, Mitchell. Um, now that she's gone, would you believe monarchy is necessary? Yes or no? Please hit me with your opinion on the monarchy. Yes or no? My opinion is absolutely keep them yeah no well so i'm i wouldn't actually consider myself a royalist in any way what i think of um in terms of i can i can see a lot of people's points in that the people who are in the royal family inherit a lot of wealth and they don't pay tax on it when they inherit it the the key thing to remember is that they inherit it and don't pay tax on it because they can't sell any of the properties. King Charles has just inherited Buckingham Palace. He should pay some inheritance tax because that property, that property is worth over the uh, inheritance tax word, isn't it? So he should be paying some uh, some tax on that. As soon as something's sellable, you pay tax on it. And if it is sellable, they do pay tax on it. No, 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 but he, he physically cannot sell it. it it's, it's not a sellable asset. It's so how, if, how do you justify saying we're going to tax you on that that you've just inherited this building, even though you can't actually financially gain from selling this building. It's, it's therefore, in my opinion, just not even an asset. It's just, it's a building and he's allocated to live in it. Yeah, it's just his. It's just his. It's just a building, you know, he gets to live in it. He 
Does he pay the electricity bill? Yeah, I think... Uh, well, obviously, I think the taxpayers pay that. Now, that's where I disagree with what I... That's where I disagree, I think, where, you know, like the renovations being paid for by the taxpayer, I, I, I disagree with it. But at the same time, when people come to London, you go and see Buckingham Palace. You, you, you go and the amount of revenue they bring in from going to see, you know, the sites and all, all things royal, I think it's probably worth the taxpayer money to renovate Buckingham Palace because they don't want to go and see some rundown building. They want to go and see Buckingham Palace, the crown jewels, nice and shiny, um, and they'll pay the the hard-earned money to go and see it. Sorry, so you're not a, you don't see a royalist. So I'm quite Republican. I don't believe that the royalists should be there. I, I just don't see the point of them. I like the fact that they pay... They bring tourism in, like tourism attraction. I think they should really capitalise on that and give that money back to the bloody country. If they were to give instead of to take, and like you know, think it's their right to take, which annoys me. I don't, I don't like that, and I just, I just don't see. I mean, the the I, I think the reason we have it is to be to make money i mean that's the only benefit i can see like why i mean unless king charles gets his whip out and starts kicking this tory government's ass mm. i can't see any benefit of having a king i mean i just don't i don't see it i don't see the benefit and there is no mm-hmm. i mean there's so many homeless i mean how many rooms in buckingham palace mate fuck it you're up there you know you're you're you know you're the high class homeless you get a buckingham palace room mate it's just not fair they got too many assets. Okay, and if they were able to capitalise on it, mate, how many properties do they own, mate? They need to set up like a tour guide system for the, like I say, here, come and see King Charles's houses. He owns 15 of them, you know, when people can't even get one of them. You know, he owns 15. Come have a look, you know, £10 for the one house, you know, £5, and go around and see all of his houses. I mean, he's got a load of fine shit in there, probably worth millions of pounds in each house. People love to see that. Capitalise on it. Don't make it about Buckingham Palace. Make it about the whole lot of it. Apart from that, fucking wipe it all out. Give it back to the people. Everyone has it. Everyone gets it. And we can invest that money back into something brilliant like the NHS. More, sorry, invest the money needed to repair the NHS. Like you said, it was a sinking ship last week. Um, I, I don't, I think we can, if we, yeah, if we took away the Royals and we gave it to the NHS, that ship would be floating again. Boom. That's my, that's where I'll drop the mic on that one, mate. Um, I mean, I could not disagree with you more. I think the people coming in to see the royal family, to see Buckingham Palace, they aren't just paying money to the royal family. They're spending money in the restaurants, they're spending money in the shops, they're spending money in small businesses. They're then paying tax on that, so we are actually seeing a benefit on it. Um, We are seeing a massive benefit from that. In terms of, you know, selling, selling a property to what? To who? Who's going to be able to buy Buckingham Palace? Nobody is going to buy Buckingham Palace. Nobody will buy Balmoral. Nobody will. Nobody will buy Windsor Castle. Nobody will buy these buildings. That they're not. They're not sellable. Um, and if they were sellable, then it means the the royal family would have to pay tax on it. Um, so I couldn't disagree with you more in terms of you know replacing a monarchy. It's it's a 
it's a very hard thing to do to have a head of state that's not a monarchy and do it right. For, we, we can see bad examples everywhere. Case in point are, are, are lovely cousins across the channel, France. They have a government and they have a head of state in President Macron. Who you see, you don't hear about the French government at all because they're constantly. I, I imagine that you either get co-inhabitants where the president will disagree with the with the government, like you see in America, and they're constantly fighting fighting with each other to pass laws and to pass regulations, and it's just never happening. Isn't that what we have in this country with the House of Lords? Um, I'm not too sure about the actual. Yes, was yes, very similar, um, but it's a case of, or you'll get them where they agree, and they'll just the president will just pass any law he wants because there's no sort of disagreement from the other end because he's almost in charge of the government by being a, a head of state. The queen never got involved with anything. That's the brilliance of it. We've got a, we've got a head of state who brings in money, right? Oh, so she's a head of state who... Doesn't get involved in the governance of a country. Obviously, there's things that have to be done. When somebody wants to form a government, they have to ask the mm. Queen, and the Queen has to say, yeah. Well, she's not at... Well, King doesn't have to say, yeah, but he does. Well, if the King said no, what would happen then? Would that, would that be the end of, like... Bedlam. <laughs> Absolute chaos. Would that be the end of the government? No, I've got no idea, mate. I'd love to see that. I get. I like that opinion, Mitch. You want to get rid of the monarchy? What would you replace them with? Who would live in Buckingham Palace? Who would I replace the monarchy with? Ooh. Because I, I don't know any others. I don't know any difference. I don't know. Like I mean, it's like it's asked the same kind of questions. What would you replace democracy with? The answer hasn't been discovered yet because no one's willing to take that leap of faith. Would it be a president? Would it be an elected head of state? Would it be... What would it be? You know, it's... um, What would I take the monarchy with? I would replace it with... Why the fuck do we need it? It doesn't need to be there. Why, why, Why does something need to be there? Why can't it just be the government? And that's it. Why? Why? I, I mean, apart... Like we could just we could just be selling a we could just be selling a history show for tourists. This is where Queen Elizabeth lived. She wasn't succeeded by anyone because fuck the monarchy. That is it. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, fuck is a bit of a strong word. Um, I don't want to get cancelled, Mitch. <laughs> I apologise to any of our listeners who have taken a bit of offence to that. It's just an opinion, and he's got me a bit frustrated because he's put me in the in the pitch of where I can't really argue with what could replace the monarchy. And I just don't think there needs to be anything replaced. I like the way that, you know, we can still have a tourist attraction based on our history. You know, that is what people love our history. I mean, well, I mean, well, I mean, we've seen historic statues taken down all, all over the country. Um, a lot of arguments that we've heard since the queen's passing is obviously about colonialism. Will people actually come to see Buckingham Palace as a historical building or will they look to deface it and damage it in the name of standing against colonialism? It's you've got you've got to remember that, that Britain was 
one of, if not the first country to abolish slavery. And are we just going to wipe over that fact when we're, when we're talking about it? It's, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's a good replacement for the monarchy. Um, I think you have to have a head of state. And imagine, well, uh, imagine this then, Paul. If we was to not have had a monarchy for the last 10 years and not actually replaced it with a president or a head of state, the prime minister just became the head of state. And instead of living in number 10 Downing Street, they moved into Buckingham Palace. You're telling me Boris Johnson, head of state, Buckingham Palace, knighting people, awarding them MBEs, CBEs, wouldn't right. Happen. Oh, mate. Yeah. Oh, you got me. Yeah. Fuck it. I. Oh, shit. You just scared the balls out of me. Yeah. You got me there, mate. Fuck. Because they're all corrupt bastards in politics. How can you trust <laughs> it? Whereas I think that the. I, I don't know, mate. Because I, there's rumors. I mean, right. So I totally agree with that, mate. I can't imagine anything worse than Boris having the power to fucking. Because he made a KGB agent house in the House of Lords. You know what I mean? So. He's a fucking, you know, that having that kind of power should stay in the family. I think, yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know, they've been trusted this long, and they they they've been trusted. You you could vote for a president for a head of state, and I don't. But it's obviously your ideal candidates would have to actually choose to run. Like yeah, but that 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 voting thing. We need to we need to you know get a, like a get another you know episode when it comes to that voting because democracy. I mean, they'll believe whatever they want. You know, they'll tell you whatever they want to get into power. You know, like Boris, all that shit he told us about Brexit and oven ready deal, blah blah blah. Got in power, what fuck disaster. Yeah, with a completely unvoted for an inherited head of state, like we have now, a royal family who don't really delve into the affairs of government they 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 bring in a lot of money i think there's a lot of, a lot of benefits to a royal family and the history behind it and people are coming spending money in the small businesses around buckingham palace and around windsor castle and even just with the queen's passing as sad as it was how many people were crowded around balmoral and how many people were crowded around all the various different points and Queuing. Yeah, how long was the line? Twenty-four hours waiting in line for a whole twenty-four hours. See, I mean, yeah, it's. Would you? Would you do that? Would I mean, you're not that far, are you? You wouldn't wait in line for twenty-four hours just to see. Absolutely not, mate. I get annoyed about waiting times. I get annoyed staying in A and E for more than two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, we we get that, Mitch. We know privatized things, but um, privatized NHS. I, I don't like it. It's fine. We we've we already had that much. We're not we're not going to come over. It's fine. I, I was slightly inconvinced, but we're not going to digress into the NHS again. Just out of interest, any of our listeners out there who would actually stay in line for 24 hours, please let us know, because um, we're kind of interested to see what kind of demographic we're, we're uh, attracting on this show. So it'd be interesting to see how many people would the stay, in, stay in line for 24 hours to see the Queen, or how many did, how many wouldn't, how many would. Yeah. Um, but Mitch, I like where you're coming from. If we have to have a state, better better the devil we know in the royal family than having an elected politician who is full of shit. 
I like where you're coming from, Mitch. I, I do. I really like that. And I like the fact that, I mean, yeah, I'm not a royalist by far. More like on about the country, but you're right. We can't sell their properties. Who the hell's going to buy Barrowmoral Castle? You know what I mean? Or Barrowmoral. Who's going to buy Buckingham Palace? Who's going to buy these places? You know, no one is just... If they can't be used to make money, what else can they be used for? I mean, we could rent them out as a and b You know, Buckingham Palace, b and b Get it on Airbnb, see what happens. <laughs> Hey, you can make a business out of anything. Let's do that. <laughs> of course not. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you could, you could, but that, like, <laughs> we could just talk about that another time, Airbnb in uh, Buckingham Palace. But, um, like, I like that. I like what you're saying. You know, you're not a royalist, but you, you know, you know, we can't replace them with them without, without corrupt politicians. We can't sell their property. So is that it? You've officially jumped over the fence. Ah, uh, no, yeah, no, yeah. I can't decide. Shit. If I say, if I say I can't decide, if I if I say I can't decide, does that mean? I'm yeah, come on, get off the fence. Fuck. You put me in the position now, Mitch, because you give me some damn good arguments there. Damn good arguments. You either want to get rid of the monarchy or you want to keep the monarchy now. That's what you put forward. I like coming as your garden, mate. It's, it's fantastic. I'm sure I enjoy it, but I'm really reluctant to do so because it shows I have no integrity. But then again, you came over with energy companies. I changed my opinion on the NHS and now back. We didn't agree on national nationalising the rail. So fuck it. I'll let you have it. From the points you brought forward about the monarchy and that there's no better replacement and we cannot sell their properties or make any kind of budget except for increasing tourism in the UK because of the monarchy. And I think they should be rewarded with you jumping over the fence and spending a bit of time in my garden. Fine. I will jump over the fence on that one. Let's take a break, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you very much. We'll be right back. Welcome back to... Episode two of Looking Over the Fence. Um, we covered the uh, a little bit of Quasi in the first half and his mini budget and whether the monarchy would be uh, a yes or a no. And now I think Mitch has an interesting conversation that we want to bring into. Are you finished on that first half, by the way, Mitch? Anything you want to add before we head on to the next opinion or are you going to roll on straight away? I, I'm ecstatic that for, for, for a change, you've officially joined me on my side of the fence on one topic on one on one topic i just don't want to be on the fence and i want to agree you know just uh, i accept it i mean i have we you made some good points i made some fantastic points uh so we'll we'll, we'll leave that then and we'll stop the recap on the on the uh previous conversations and we'll go on to the next one and tell me what you want to talk about now mitchell so what i want to talk about now is it's a it's i think it's an opinion that you it's going to take some convincing i think i can do it um, lowering the voting edge to 16. That is the most silliest thing I've ever heard anyone say. I can't understand why you would even think that's a good idea. Uh, do you want me to tell you why it's such a bad idea before you try and tell me it's a good idea? I will tell you why. I think it should be lowered to 16 because at 16 you are already given so many rights. Uh, you, you have the ability to have sex and give birth but you can't actually vote on whether or not you agree with abortion. I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's wrong. You technically you're old enough to be an adult in the eyes of sexual maturity, in the eyes of the law, and yet you aren't considered adult enough 
to decide on who makes decisions on how you pay tax, how your how your roads are dealt with, how your laws are, are, are changed and adapted, and even stuff like Brexit. Brexit took so long to do, so long to get through. People were 16 at the time that Brexit was voted for, and now that Brexit's finally happened, they're 20, 21. And they never had a say in that. If, they, if we had a... If we... If we had a revote now, then it would be all the sixteen-year-olds would vote. Yeah, no, that's not happening. To be honest, I think that everyone who voted to leave would remain now as well because it's a fucking bullshit that was able to make the rich, like you say, it was a, a total play upon us, and somebody made a shit ton of money out of it somewhere. Um, you know. But my point is still that if you're old enough to to get pregnant and have a child, you should be old enough to vote on stuff that, that includes the NHS, stuff that includes abortion or not. And the fact that at 16, at 16 we could leave school and go out to work, but yet not have any say on how we pay tax or how much tax we pay. Does that sound right? Okay. Yeah, okay, right. So does that sound right, Mitchell? I, I don't know, mate. I don't know where to come from on that because I totally unbelievably unequivocally think that you're ridiculous i think that anything that i think is ridiculous I, I i mean you disagreed about my monarchy straight away and now i'm gonna i'm gonna break it to you mate i mean hopefully you'll come over my side of the fence or you'll stick where you are i like the fact that you believe that 16 year olds should be allowed to vote but you're only basing it on the fact that they're old enough to have sex when you know you can have sex you know whenever you want really i mean as soon as you feel that you're ready to to get involved and to really take that leap of faith as a man or as a girl and, you know, know that. You don't have to be 16. Well... You just have to be... We're, 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 I think we're, we're talking in the eyes of the law here, mate. So underneath 16, it's rape. Uh, not if they're both under 16. Mm, yeah, but it's not consent. What? Wait, so you're saying that... Wait, so two... Wait, if two 15-year-olds have sex, they're breaking the law. Neither side technically gave consent in the eyes of the law. So who's the victim and who's the rapist in that analogy? There isn't one. There isn't one, but there's... there's what I'm saying is... is in <clears throat> the, the only reason I chose 16 was because that's where the law decides you're old enough to have sex and give birth or have an abortion uh, and quit school and go to work etc etc you should be able to vote on these things that affect your life i get where you're coming from but you know what mate when i was 16 i didn't know my arsehole from my ear hole and i well you know i don't think anyone did i was too busy out trying to get drunk have fun get with ladies uh, drawing mascara on my face to try and make myself look 18 to get into clubs I didn't even give a damn about voting on anything. I, I, I think it's just an excuse for, no, Mitch, you can't understand. You're not mature enough. And when it comes to, say, like getting pregnant at 16, anyone who thinks they should get pregnant at 16 is stupid. You shouldn't be able to have kids until you're 25 plus. Anyone who has a kid before they're 25 has no idea because I guarantee you the marriage won't last, the husband will go, the man will leave, and the woman will be left alone with two single kids, single mum, with two kids. Because that man wasn't mature enough to step up and stand by his seed, he left. 
Then them kids came, grew up without a father figure, thus being insecure and get their own issues from not having a father figure around. And that leads to more mental health. And no, 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 no. You're 16. You can't be mature enough to have kids. You can't be mature enough to vote because you have no idea, Mitch. You don't know what is going on. I mean, you're saying that I'm old enough to go and get pregnant, but they don't even know what it is. What needs to happen, Mitch, is instead of the age of 16, the voting age should stay, I don't know, 18 plus, at least for me. But the 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 education system needs to change if the voting age is going to change okay so when i was 16 i didn't know what the fuck a politician was i didn't know what my tax code was i didn't know what national insurance was i didn't know what a mortgage was i didn't know what interest rates were i didn't know what anything was okay because i wasn't taught it mate i was taught how to count to 100 you know some trigonometry that's fun no it's not teach us something that's important give us the tools that we need to do to learn to give us the maturity to vote at 16, then I might jump over your fence on that one, mate. You can't argue with that, Mitch. Come over the side, mate. Is everybody over the age of 18 mature? Is everybody under the age of 18 immature? Ah, shit. Fuck. You got me. Such a dick because I know where you're going to go now. I know what you're going to say. You're going to, you're going to go into detail about the whole, like where is the right age? If no one's mature enough, this is why democracy doesn't work my friend and there needs to be another you know so, y- yes mate the, 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 mate i, I say I, i've come up with an idea my idea oh no was that everyone who's legally allowed to vote has to have an iq test no do you know what i mean because then it will alleviate all the people this see this is me being very very left isn't it and very very left wing like so you have to if you're going to vote I I think that I think it's the obvious. I think it's the obvious. I, I think it's, I think what you're saying right now is really really right wing. Wait, what? Really? I think yeah. I think an IQ test to be allowed to vote. I think that's that's so right wing. <laughs> I, I I don't. Ah, uh, yeah. I can see it. Yeah, you're totally right. It is, isn't it? I mean, shit. This is what I mean. I mean, it's so far right, mate. What I'm saying is, is that if you're under the age of 18, it doesn't automatically make you immature. It doesn't make you mature, but it doesn't make you immature. If you're over the age of 18, it doesn't make you mature. It doesn't make you immature, but it also doesn't make you mature. You've got to be able to make the decisions. It's all about informed decision making. The problem isn't with the age of voters. The problem is with the information that's being given out to voters. People are easily misled. No matter what your IQ is, you can be easily misled based on the information that you're given. If a doctor comes up to you and says, one of these drinks that I'm about to give you contains a toxin, one of them contains a high amount of vitamins. Which one would you choose? You would choose the vitamins, right? Without even knowing that the drink that he's telling you is toxic is milk, but he's saying it's toxic to a a lactose intolerant. And the one with high vitamins has a lethal dose of vitamin A. He said it had a lot of vitamins. He didn't say it was lethal. It's all about informed decision-making. And the information that's being given out to voters, I feel, is wrong. The language being... You set me up. You set me up, mate. You, you just... You've set me up on this one, Mitch, haven't you? If I'm bringing an opinion that I'm coming with... I'm coming with facts and I'm coming with some serious points that are going to 
bring you over to my side. It's all about informed decision making. And I feel like you can be misinformed and you can be informed whether you're 37 or 17. And lowering the voting age to 16 won't make that much difference. It will give more responsibility to people who are at an age that I feel like are seriously um, underrepresented in politics, in decision-making in terms of jobs and workplaces. And there isn't enough people of that age group being targeted and given given more responsibility and giving them the responsibility to vote, vote is a good thing. Yeah, fine, fine. I get that, I get that, I get that. Um, then if you're very low in the voting age, basically giving the 18-year-old the same vote, 16-year-old the same rights as an 18-year-old with the votes, you've got to change the wages. You've got to make sure that the 16-year-olds and the same as the 18-year-olds when it comes to because they're equal. Then, you know, if we're saying they're able to vote, we're saying they're equal, they're allowed to do it, you know. But what, six, what 16-year-old knows how to work as well as an 18-year-old? No, they don't. There's no difference. You're totally right. I freaking hate you, Mitch. I'm a bit frustrated that on two arguments, two discussions, I mean, I, I definitely put you in your place with the stamp duty and the, and the, and the, and the, and the budget um, with it. Um, well, obviously, I think you're halfway there, but when it comes to the monarchy and um, now this voting age thing that you've brought to the table, knowing that I'm going to be a bit frustrated by the fact that, you know, you can have the delusion a 60-year-old would have the right capacity to vote, which is my opinion, and then convincing me otherwise by saying it's not about the opinion of the 60-year-old, it's about the information that they receive – which is exactly what I said. I kind of said that education should be up thing. I think that should be a next point for an abate, debate um, or a discussion on opinions when it comes to education. Um, that, that could be an interesting one. And I, I kind of hate you right now because I want you to come over my side of the fence because, you know, I bought this pack of margarita mix that's going out of date next week. And, you know, it's if, I, if you don't come over here soon, it's, I'm going to have to chuck it away. I mean, what have you got over here? We've eaten all yours on the last debate. I bulk bought some sausages and burgers for the barbecue, so I'm, uh, I'm glad you've come over because there's a lot to go around. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's even the Brexit argument that you made, mate. It's the information that was given out about Brexit was, it was wrong. It was wrong, and the language and the language that was used was wrong. When they said that, oh, we'll have all this extra money for the NHS, they never they never said outright, oh, it's net, it's net, not gross. It's it it was misinformation. It is what it is. It's the information being given out to voters. I feel like isn't enough, and the language being used is deliberately being used to mislead people. And whether you're sixteen. Or 60, it doesn't make a difference. You got me. Because of the fact that, you know, 60-year-olds believe, believe the information, believe what they were being told. That just believes the gullibilism and the, of, our, of the public and how effective the media can be, propaganda, and how convincing it can be. So it doesn't matter if you're 16 or 60. Fair play. All right, well, Mitchell, you've convinced me 2-1 on the royalist and the voting age. Well done. Hurrah, hurrah. I look forward to our next week's episode and what we decide to discuss and talk about. And hopefully, maybe you'll be having margaritas in my garden rather than burger hot dogs in your garden on my side. Oh, oh yeah. There's, there's going to be some points. That's for sure. <laughs> Jesus, Mitch. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say thank you to all our listeners. 
Um, it was an absolute pleasure having this debate with you, Mitch. I want to say thank you to yourself for being over that side of the fence. Yeah, you're welcome. Giving me someone to talk to. Um, like I say, if you've got any opinions or anything you'd like us to discuss on the show, please get in touch on our Twitter page, Looking Over the Fence, or Twitter handle, Looking Over T Fence. And we will be more than happy to discuss that, have some interesting debates. And if you've got anything to share with us, please let us know and we can have a conversation. Until next time, I'm Paul Ratchford. And I'm Mitchell.